Welcome to this topical life. Real conversation, real exploration, real life stories. A discussion about life, cause life ain't a vacation. And now, here's your host, Tiffany Murphy. Okay, and welcome to this topical life with Keegan Chastain. Hi. Hello. We um, I just realized this mic is really high. Um, so Keegan and I know each other um basically through our kids were in the same our littlest, well her middle and my littlest Tobin yeah. and Hattie May were in the same class um this past kindergarten year, mm-hmm. and now we're into summer. And um, we're both sweating. Well, I'm sweating a lot right now. She's not sweaty. She looks very fresh. I look like I just, um, well, I did take a shower, but I just am so sweaty after taking a shower. It's just so hot. But anyway, um, we're here just to uh, have a conversation and just talk about Keegan's journey and um, just what brought us to even get together, just sit down and talk and have this conversation. But uh but one thing I have to say about Keegan before she, before we start talking, um, the both of us, is that uh, I love how so like she's a huge huge runner like mm-hmm. like Olympic <laughs> Olympic could she's the runner the runner of Westland Oregon I can claim that I'll claim yeah. that <laughs> yeah she gets medals and whatnot and whatever but um, but one time so we were I was like it was like a good it was a morning and. I was kind of run walking and she was running and we both see each other and we both just like high five each other and keep going. <laughs> Can't stop now. I, yeah. I was just like, I love that. I think we should all be like that. I mean, it's like, Hey, we're not going to stop this. We're just going to like high five and have it a great day. It was sisterhood camaraderie. Yes. Yeah, sisterhood camaraderie. Sure. That's how you know you're, you're comfortable with someone and you don't need to stop and have right. small talk. Yeah. I think her and I are both not into small talk. No, right? no, small, no, yeah. no. Yeah. That's why I think we hit it off. Like, that's why I avoid pickups sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> right. Right. Hide it aside. But sometimes I'm just like in and out. Yeah. 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 It's like small talk is draining yeah. for some people. Yeah. Um, and I think that's for both of us. Yeah. But anyway, so that's how we hit her, hit it off. And, um, we got to talking about just belief and, um, had a real deep conversation at a birthday party. Yeah. And I was just like, Hey, you should come and just tell yeah. us where you got to where you are. Yeah. And, um, and then on top of that, at the end, we'll talk about, um, a really cool uh, event that Keegan helps put on. It's called reason to run. And, um, it's just an amazing program for people. And we'll talk about that at the end. But, um, I did it this past uh, May was a it? 5k Wait, uh, yeah, June 5... 1st oh it was June 1st mm-hmm. okay yeah and um I just was really inspired by Keegan's work and stuff so mm-hmm. anyway okay let's dig in <clears throat> so um one thing when we were talking um of course chime in with whatever you yeah. want to talk about yeah. but uh you have such a great perspective on like you were agnostic for a while right yeah for the majority of my life Mm -hmm. okay so tell me how you came to even have a belief yeah um yes so I I grew up and my parents I mean we went to church until we could decide not to I mean it was a very casual church bringing and so um we probably stopped going to church at like seven or eight I really can't remember it 
Um, and I just kind of went through my life um, through phases. It's really phases in my anger of God or, or you know, not feeling or sensing him. I was atheist for a couple years. And um, atheism is where they do not believe in God. And agnostic is it's a gray window. It's I don't know if and I don't know if not. Um, and so I just kind of went my whole life mainly being agnostic. Um, and it was really out of – I had a really hard time – from ages like 17, well, 17 to 36, but like really hard from like 17 to 25. Wait, how old? You're only, I thought you were like 34. I just turned 36. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so you just. So turned... when you're talking postmenopause, I'm like, or premenopause, I'm like, is this me? <laughs> <laughs> Am I going in that? A perimenopause. <laughs> Everybody, a perimenopause. I feel the sweats even after I shower. Okay. Um, and so, so basically I have always been very intrigued by God. Um, and you know, in college I was always taking biology and, and I was always fascinated with the intelligence that the body seems to have, intelligence that trees seem to have, just that life in general, everything that's living has a superior intelligence to it that guides it. Um, you know, they say that, that, the acorn or the oak trees and the acorn um and i find that so fascinating because it's true and this little nut is going to be this huge oak tree so um so as so so that is my fascination with science and that higher power that seems to guide life um and so that when i first became inquisitive and i was like well i mean maybe that universal intelligence is god and he is in everything um, and then I became a born again Christian. That's when I started really getting intrigued. And I was like, maybe there's this thing, maybe there's something to this Jesus. So then I went and then I became a born again, I think when I was 25 to 27 years, probably only lasted like a year. And I just became disenchanted with church, uh, with the Bible in and of itself. It, it was hard for me to relate to. Um, and that's the biggest thing is that if you want, you know, your habits are who you become. And, and, and I had a hard time finding the habit of, of prayer and, and reading in the Bible and really becoming, feeling like I was a Christian because I had so many doubts. And because of those doubts, I walked away again from the church and became agnostic and um, kind of judged that whole process because I found it a little bit like superficial. Um, I never really fit in at church. I'm more alternative looking. And so... You know, at the churches I would go to, uh, beautiful women, and they have, like, their scarves and their ankle boots and their skinny jeans. And, and I don't know. For some reason, I allowed that to be like, well, I'm not going to fit in here. And, you know, of course, that's not what God looks at whatsoever. But I, I let my insecurities about, you know, kind of being more casual and alternative from really letting me hear the word of God. Um, and so there's all sorts of distractions. And so then I went about my life and got married and had three kids um, really quickly. And I think the pivotal moment for me, and at this time I was, was opening myself up to God and just praying to God, saying like, God, if you're real, like remove the barriers that stop me from perceiving your love, you know. And then I prayed for two years and I was like, once I started believing in God, which was like at 31, um, I prayed to God like every... Wait, so wait, at 31 you were like, think like you were like, I had started at 31. What happened is I had started going to MOPS, which is a, a moms of preschoolers. Um, and it's a Christian based mother group. Uh, and there was one at Southwick church yeah. and I started going there. And the thing that sold me was this was when I had, you know, Liam was like 16 months and Hattie was an infant 
and um, they offered free childcare. So they would watch your kids so you can chat with women for two hours and there's brunch and coffee. And that was the most intriguing thing was that I got free coffee and my kids were <laughs> yeah. going to be watched. Heck like, yeah. I, you know, so, you yeah. know, so, um, and that's when, and everyone that was in the mops uh, happened to go to South Lake Church. And so I was just kind of like wanting what they had. They had like faith that they were sure of that they could stand on and, and repeat. And, um, and I was like, I, I don't know, their confidence in themselves seemed really beautiful. And I wanted that. And so then I started going to church on Sunday, like not knowing anyone except the women from the mops. Um, and then I started, then they started remembering me. And then I started going because I wanted to see my friends to church on Sundays. And this was at about 31. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the whole time I was never, and they knew it. They knew I wasn't really committed to the God thing. Um, wasn't committed to the church thing. Um, but you know, luckily I made friends and that's who I wanted to see on Sunday. And then I started going to church on Sundays and, and at this point I didn't relate to the worship. Like people don't understand, like if you don't come from a Christian background, everything is intimidating, super intimidating. Getting communion is intimidating. Um, standing up to sing a song is, is, is intimidating because you don't really relate to the words and you haven't put emphasis on them. Like when they speak of like, I don't know, the blood of the lamb and, you know, the resurrection can be kind of gory. And so if you haven't really internalized what that means to you and to your spirit, and if you don't hear the, you know, hear God in that, it's just kind of like, it's almost a put off truly. Um, but I kept going. Um, and then I remember for a solid year, seriously, every day I prayed, I was like, God, if you really want me to believe this whole Jesus thing, then again, remove the barriers so I, so I can understand what he's supposed to mean to me. Um, you know, I just didn't know, I just didn't know how I could really bring Jesus into my life and make it a real thing. Cause I had so many, um, judgments about that and Christianity and about the immaculate conception. And I mean, it's just, I, again, I, I find fast, like science so fascinating, um, quantum physics and, you know, black holes. I mean, I watch documentaries on the universe all the time. Uh, and so I, I kind of found it hard to believe. You know, sure. I really did. Sure. I really did. And I was like, well, maybe is this more symbolic? Maybe, like, um, maybe he was like just a pure like consciousness of God, but it was conceived naturally or, you know, maybe the resurrection, maybe that was supposed to just be more of an like uplift, you know, I mean, I just don't know what it all means. And so I just asked God, I'm like, okay, God, show me if, but you felt, but in this process, you kind of felt like a like you I totally did. Like you didn't want to quit. Yeah. But you didn't understand. Exactly. I was exactly. I was so curious, but it's like what, what in what in my soul was so curious about that, and that is the Christ within you. You know, I mean, there was something in me on a consistent basis that was like, read more, do more, learn more, talk more to God. Like it was something that was just like, ugh. like even when I didn't want to, it's like a pull that you could not resist. Like an appetite. It was t absolutely, it was a, it, it was food to my soul and, or food to my spirit. And it's the absolute truth. And, and there's a saying, it's like once your soul or once your spirit recognizes something of itself, it won't quit. It needs to know more and more and more about how it functions and how you're in communion with God and how, how you're with him all the time. And I love that because it's true. Like I was pretty closed off, but the second there was a little bit of glimpse of light, like there was something in me was like, nope, that was real. I felt that something's here. And that, then I became awoke 
I became awakened. Um, Did you realize it was happening or was it something that you looked back kind of? It's reflection. I'll look back and see it. Like, because there's so many distractions on a day-to-day basis that it's easy to just kind of like let that go. It's like, oh, that doesn't matter. You know, it could have just been I was having a bad day or, you know, the, the call to go to church or whatever. I mean, there's just so many other things that you think about throughout the daily basis that often God speaks to you really clearly, but, you know, I'm just so scatterbrained that I don't hear it. But, um, yeah, I definitely, the pull was not my pull, you know. It wasn't because it was, you know, abnormal to me. It was awkward to me. So then once I started, so then I started praying to God about helping me believe in Jesus. And and you know what that meant for me was letting go of um, the things I didn't understand. Letting go of, like, the Old Testament's kind of, frustrating for me and I can let that go like I can believe that that's the Bible and love that it was breathed by the Spirit of God but if I really wanted to know Jesus I can bring him in my daily experience and experience him there and so I once I started focusing on what once once I stopped focusing on what I didn't understand I started focusing on more of what I do understand and that was really important for me too because I could get sidetracked on things that were confusing to me and then I just focused on the confusion you know well which is kind of an often thing I mean for sure there are is just a lot that we don't know right on earth period yeah no matter what you believe yeah I mean yeah. that's just the fact right yeah so what was interesting about how you how you what comes comes to mind is when in your story is is that it's you are in constant surrender yes which I think right. is an interesting part of your story because I think I think people want control, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and you can live life two different ways, thinking mm-hmm. that you're in control right. or thinking that you're not in control. Right. Really. Right. So, yeah. so like for you, I'm just interested in like, what made you think surrender? Like you said, okay. God, yeah. like you said, God, take the barriers away. Right. What, like you just like kind of like submitted yourself in a I way. I removed myself from the situation and gave him control because at my best, I was not even, you know, barely treading water. So you were at a place where you were desperate. Right, right. And so this is where I had the most transcendental moment in my search for God, um, even though God's always there, was that, so so that was 31 when I started going to mops and doing that whole deal. And then at 33, Three, the day before my 33rd birthday, um, we had just moved, and I, like I said, had three very young kids, uh, which was a mistake having them so close together at age. It was a struggle for a few years. It'll pay off. I know. It'll it's starting off. to get there. Yeah. But um, I had really wicked postpartum with my youngest, Indy. Um, we just moved houses, and I was drinking too much. I was smoking too much. I, I, was, I was toxic, and I was very unhealthy in the way I was thinking. Um, I even kind of got a little suicidal in my mindset. You know, I was just thinking, and I was like, okay, I'm just a hot mess, and I can barely get through the day. I don't know how I can do a week. I don't know how I can do a month. I mean, it really came down. It's like, I don't know if I can get through this day, and life just seemed so unbearable. It just, and so I started talking to God, and I was like, I, I really thought in my mind, and I told God, and I was like, I think that maybe if I remove myself from this situation, from my family, bow out early because it's too hard, then my kids would have a better mom. And and that was a really honest thought for me. Uh, and I look back on that thought, and I feel very sad for myself, you know, t- to think that, to actually think that that would be what would be good for my family, you yeah. know. 
Uh, but that, that thought stuck with me for, I mean, like I said, it was postpartum and it was just depression in general and it wouldn't leave. I mean, it was like a two week kind of like cycle that would go through in my head and replay and replay, replay. And I, um, I know God heard that. And so the day before my birthday, uh, Indy wanted me to sleep with her. No, Hattie, my middle child. So I went up in her room and I was just and I didn't want to lay down. I would just, I just didn't want to be there. And I was just depressed and sad. And so then I laid down with her and she was so sweet. And anyway, I just looked out the window and it was just, my heart was breaking. Uh, and then there was just this moment in which seriously time stopped. It was just, I feel like emotional even thinking about it because that, like I was touched by God in that moment. Um, all my senses were heightened. I was flushed. I had goosebumps. My face was red. Um, you know, the the light, the sunlight floating through the, the leaves of the tree was so bright. And I heard the rustling of the wind and the leaves. I heard the birds chirping. I don't know. I can't tell you how long it's been since I heard birds chirping. Like, literally birds were chirping. Um, and it was just, and then this thought, and it was, it, the thing is. Your this, face is turning red right now. I, because I, I, I am, because it was so, so real. And I just wish that, that I could tell everybody how real it is. Because yeah. I am flushed. It, yeah, it's an emotional is, thing. Yeah, I, it really, really is. Because, you know, I spent so hard, like, seeking this relationship. And not only was it always there, but it was like he came down in that moment of need because it was getting pretty bad. Um, and he, and so, and then I thought in my mind, and it was just like this phrase that kept going, Keegan, I love you. I love you. Keegan, I love you. And that's certainly not something I was thinking. Like that was not, I mean, I was like wanting to die at this point, you know? Right. You're like, so I'm not, that? I'm not praising like, myself that? at yeah, this like, point. Yeah, that told for me they sure. love me? Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And so, and then it was just, it took me, I mean, it's like, it was just such a real experience. Um, then after that, I was like absolutely honed in on what that was. And, and selfishly, I wanted more and more and more of it, you know? Uh, but, but it was a moment in which he had stopped time and, and came down and told me he loved me, and it, it gave me purpose, it gave me function, and that's why, I mean, I want to, like, this fight, or this plight to, to help people that really don't believe in God, that are agnostic, that have had the hard time relating to God in their life, because I know what it's like, but I also know the reason why, like, Christianity works is because it's real. God is real. Jesus is real, uh, and, and you can have your own relationship with him, even with your doubts. In fact, bring your doubts. Expose your doubts. Bring it to yeah. the light. You know what I mean? Ask to be guided. You know, read better books. You know, get off the TV. You know, stop drinking the beer. Like, sober up and, you know, I'm not telling clear this. Clear-minded. Clear-minded and, and focused. Because um, that's, that's, that's a, receptacle, a, receptacle, a receptacle to which God can use, you know, so long as you're clear-minded. Um, <clears throat> so, that, so that is kind of where I've been. And so ever since then... It's been the coolest thing because I had like what... Wait, can we back... I, sure. I want to talk about yeah, this yeah. experience again because I didn't... I mean, I feel like I got about halfway through it and then we were already moving on. I want to like yeah. take it slow a little yeah. bit. So like you were laying in her bed. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You were laying in her bed and you were looking out the window. Yeah. Was she talking to you? Was she like blabbing your ear off? Um, I no. She was pretty tired. She may or may not have fallen asleep. She had just turned over to the side. Okay. And so, so she, I you're was just kinda, laying there. Yeah. I, I was spooning her. Okay. You're yeah. spooning her and you happened to be in the direction of a window. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then time stopped. Time stopped. So 
Like everything was clear. Like clear. Like, like I wasn't crisp, even clear. Crisp, clear. Like crisp. What's clear. clearer than clear? I well, like, I know. Well, because your mind, my, my maybe my mind was clear. Okay, maybe okay. that's it. Okay, because so my mind, mind was foggy. My mind was busy worrying about everything that the I wasn't anxiety, doing good. Yeah, the depression, just the guilt, the shame. I the, was all just that was meditating, gone. and that it was gone. There was there was no fogginess of mental clarity. I was there. I was present. I was in the moment, and that's what everybody like. Some of my favorite authors speak of like the power of now and being in the present moment because that is truly only what you have. And so maybe that was it. Was it was like uh, the holy instant where it was like time stopped and it was just I was in that moment in God's arms and I felt that and I knew it and I'll never like you'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I'll never turn my back on him. It really means a lot to me. Like well, heck it yeah, was just mean, really cool. <laughs> means a lot to me to share it. To yeah, share yeah. It. Like just yeah. I mean that's a big story. Yeah, and just like the turning point for you and him saying, um, I think a lot of people. Christians too, you know, they, they follow God, but they don't realize, you know, in my, they don't realize how much they're loved. Right. So it's interesting that God was, uh, I love you, Keegan. I love you, Keegan. I love you, Keegan. He wanted you to believe it. Right. Yeah. And you, I believe you only, I've, I've learned this through raising kids too, is that I had a couple downer years to myself um god just the summer of 2012 was like <laughs> or was it 13 i don't know but no it was like 14 i don't know a couple it was a, such a blur yeah. but i learned that you can only love as much as you believe that you were loved right so yeah. you're running on empty right zero right yeah of course yeah how yeah. do you i mean yeah. if you don't know yeah the value of Keegan, right? How do you? Because right. at this point, That's exactly right. For me, it was like at that that same time period with kids mm-hmm. that you were in. For me, it was okay, self care, right? Okay, pedicures ain't gonna cut it anymore. Right. That's a joke. Yeah, exercise wasn't even cutting it. Yeah, I mean, to a point it was. Yeah, but just what was I missing? Right. Right. In that right. time, especially with the raising kids. Yeah. Part. I mean, you had yeah. spiritually. Yeah investigating and then on top of it the whole kid part yeah. I mean I'm just saying I can completely relate to the kid part of it yeah and just to, and I had Jesus in and my not life. to mention the husband part I mean it's not like we were oh, yeah. you know right. I mean I, everything was kind of up in turmoil I mean we had I mean it was not you know we were barely married before we had you know kids back to back to back and so not really having that as a foundation either Felt yeah. very, very alone. Felt very alone. And very taken from. You know, I mean, it's like I, I'm just here and I'm just cleaning and I'm just cooking and it's mom, 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 mom. And I get that I'll miss that one day. But in the moment, it's really hard because it's like I don't have anything left of who I am. I don't even know who I am at this point because everything does change. Everything does shift. You are at the top of the food chain of your family. You know, you were the mom. You were everything to them, you yeah. know. Uh, Sometimes it really just hits you, doesn't it? It does. Like, ah. I know. It's like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. But to still have your identity yeah. and have that right. can happen too. Yeah. Right? That's absolutely true. That's right. Yeah. But I think realizing yourself feeling loved yeah. and just seen yeah. yep. and answered yeah. your prayer. Yeah. Like, yeah, where in are a big you? Way. In a big way. So I just sidetracked to that well and I also think the reason why it was like such a transformative moment or such a a touching on for my heart was that I had you know I was 
frankly suicidal for the two weeks going up to it. Um, and it was in my mind, you know, and it's like, if God's anywhere, he's in your mind, you know, um, and so he knows all the thoughts that you think. And I think that I, there was a sense that there may be, like there was some urgency to it. And luckily I was open up enough that day in that moment where he came through and it was just kind of like, whoosh, you know, it changed everything about my life, everything about my life. Like I had the renewal of the mind that the Bible speaks of. Like seriously, ever since then, like I only read things that feed my spirit. I only watch things, you know, I do documentaries and Game of Thrones, but I mean, but, but by and large, everything that I feed with my mind on a daily basis have something to do with God or spirituality because I find it so fascinating mm -hmm. because it's so real, you know? And so it's just, and, and that's where I was like, okay, well, that makes so much sense. It's like when you're down in the gutter and you're depressed and you're not in, you know, conscious contact with God, then what are you doing? Like, how, how do you, like, how do you feel at the end of the day? What are the thoughts that you think? Because you're talking to yourself about everything that you do, you know? Um, and so it's just, it was so important for me to have that soundboard now of God where it's like, that's where the surrender part comes in. Like now I know that there's a higher power above me that is directing God in my life in all instances. Um, and so it's such a lovely thing to surrender and stay surrendered. And sometimes that's like a daily battle. Do you, so like after you had that encounter, so from that moment on, everything just fell into place I got you? baptized a week later yeah wow. I did yeah you just set we're just set in emotion you were I set was. in a direction yep yeah you got exactly what you needed yep. and you never looked back no and I even and, and at that time I had a lot of friends that shared that were agnostic or atheist and you know I shared that experience with them and and it was hard for me because <clears throat> I had kind of you know made of Christians or not made fun of I, I just I, I just didn't really relate to them and because of that I felt ostracized and because of that I got defensive and kind of attacked their beliefs mm -hmm. and that was like a fun thing to do with my friends so after this moment <laughs> 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 not fun but yeah. I mean that's where that was our bond right <clears throat> and so and you're like uh actually actually, actually you guys shoot guys yeah, not shoot but it's like so you know I had them over and I told them this experience and then I'll never forget it because then my one friend was like, yeah, but do you actually uh, believe you really buy the whole Jesus thing? And then I I started off and I was like, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm more like focused on like God. And then I, in my mind, I was like, no, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't not after that experience, you cannot like shout it to the rooftops. And I was like, I, and so then I backtracked and I was like, so I said the answer. I was like, I don't really know. I don't really, really try to think about that too much. And then I said like, after that, and I was like, actually, I absolutely do believe in Jesus. And that was my first public like announcement to the community that I was in, which was a really big deal because I thought I could maybe just play off being like, like a liberal Christian or, you know, just kind of like, Oh, one love. But, you know, the difference uh, between, you know, universal love is that Jesus' love and God's is very intimate and it's very personal. Like, my mom kind of believes in that uni the universe will provide. And I was like, yeah, that universe is God. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and how he provides it is through Jesus. And it is a specific way, but you can find it in a, in any way that you see. But, but that's the difference for me is that I am very much in his thoughts as well. You know, versus yeah. the universe, that's just kind of, like, too... Vague. Vague. Yeah. And, like, where does that come from? And mm -hmm. then where does those thoughts right, come from? Right, right, yeah. I mean, the trail just keeps going. Right. 
Um, but in everyone, there's a call for love, for love, like in everyone. And you can see, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's displaced. And I think that that's where addictions can come into play or, you know, whether you're too much on Instagram or you're taking your Adderall in the day or taking your Valium at night, like to in excess or to the point where you need to have it um, every single day. And I'm not talking about antidepressants. And, and everybody has their own their own thing. But, uh, but I just, you can see, I'm talking about more like societal how we've just become so um, dispersed and, you know, it's just, it's just, I don't really know where I was going with that. But anyway, I, you can see in society that everyone has a call for love and they're just uh, calling for it maybe in different ways. Or I think what you're, what you might be trying to say is, is that you're, they're filling a void maybe. Right. Because yeah. they're wanting a sense of love. Yeah. And then that kind of thing. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Yeah. Like everybody needs it. Everybody, yeah. You I mean, know, babies die if they don't receive it. If yes, if you don't touch a baby, yeah, even touch, yeah, they could actually die. Yeah, and crazy. so let's not like, what about what about adults? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. You know they may not die if they're not touched or loved, but they certainly they veer off a different path. Like everyone sure. needs the love, and scientifically speaking, I mean love is a vibration. Energy is a vibration, sure. and so is hatred. There was a study I was reading about. Um, I don't know the name, but there was a study by Buddhist monks and they blessed two different, two cups of water and they meditated on one cup of water and just sent it love. Say, I love you. I love you. I love you. And the other water, um, it said, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. And then they froze the water and then looking the, the formation of the water of the hate meditation was way different. It was very chaotic and disruptive. And then the, the ice or the water molecules and the loved one was very, very organized and put together. And this is, I mean, you can find this, I mean, the, the books have been written about this, and we're 70% water. So our thoughts certainly affect the way that we feel. And going back to the beloved thing, it's like once I realized how beloved I was by God, like I wanted to know my father. Like it's that intimate of a relationship. Mm -hmm. it is, yes, it's creator. Yes, it's Lord. But it's father. You know, that's my man. Like it's yeah. just, you know, and so then, it, then I... Then I started thinking more in terms of that, like just really focusing on what it means when, you know, when they say God is love, like you have love itself as a God, like that is a beautiful thing. And, and to be able to call on that power and that force is, I mean, it's just your inheritance as a child of God, like that, you know, it's the Christ within you. Like we have rights as children of God, you know, um, yeah. And you ought not to be down and depressed if you have, you know, the creator of the universe talking to you. I mean, it's a powerful alliance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it'll get you through anything uh, without without buying it or seeking it. Like, you have it. You know, you've been given it in his love, and it's awesome. So when you, those friends that you had, that you... Are you guys close now at all? Or? No. No, we no. tried. We tried to. Um, and... You know, I what I noticed about when I first really got back into Christianity was, like, my beliefs. Like, when you say get back into Christianity. I mean, because I was, like, had that born-again phase. So, I was born, I did, I was, like, born again when I was 22. Okay, born-again is when you decide to have a relationship with God. Right. So, so, so 22, you started to have a, like, you kind of thought yeah. about it. Yeah, And then went away. Yeah. And then you met these friends and then. Yeah. Just kind of got away again. Right. Just like, this is not buying into the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. I had got too many it. questions. Um, but then, and me finding God certainly didn't help my relationship with my husband. Um, 
because my beliefs became judgments. And like I saw how easily that happened. Whereas like I started believing and I was like, well, he's not a believer, you know, and just all that stuff. And it was like, so, so finding my relationship with God has certainly evolved from that. And I've learned a lot. Um, but I, yeah, I just started noticing that my beliefs were becoming judgments. And then it's like, okay, I just check back with God and, um, so that kind of came out of nowhere. Also. Yeah. So like, um, so is, so Brian, she's married to a Brian too. We're both married to Brian. Yes. Um, so when you, where was his path? Like, are you guys like now? What, well, like then it was a big transformation for you. Right. How did it, he react? To not that? well, because I didn't include him in it. I was bitter okay. about it. I was like, you know, then in my mind, I was like, I wanted a man that was the spiritual provider and I wanted right. someone to be telling me what this verse means or whatnot. Um, and so I absolutely excluded him and I was resentful of him. And, you know, of course he was feeling isolated. Our marriage wasn't at the best anyway. And then now I'm pushing away even further and becoming like all high and mighty. Um, and so it was a hard couple years, but I've since humbled myself quite a lot. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, life you know, has I mean, it's do. just, it's funny how your ego can take over and it's like, no, 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 no. Like as Christians, you have a binding obligation to love and every single circumstance and situation is love. That's the answer. I mean, it's that simple. Um, and that's not what I was doing. Like I said, my beliefs became judgments and then I was con, I was condemning him essentially. Um, but I've, be I've, that was in the very beginning of my like research on God, um, and exploring him. And so I've since, you know, I've, I've changed my opinion quite a lot about that. So, but now we're really, we're good. We're really good. And, you know, he, he said just the other night uh, where he's saying something and then he was, you know, just so you know, Keegan, I've, you know, I always believe in God. I just believe in my own way. And I'm like, that's absolutely fair. But to my point, I was like, well, you've never said that to me before. Like, I am a talker, and I've, I'm very vocal in my relationship with God, and he's always just been quiet about it. And so because of that, I've never really talked to him about it. Uh, I didn't think that was, like, a meeting point. Um, and so it was kind of like, okay, you can't, and you absolutely have the right to have your own relationship with God. And so, yeah, so so we're at, we're at a really good place. That's really cool. I love seeing the development of that. I yeah. mean, for me... It's just interesting to hear how this all kind of came together for you because in my experience, it was like, you know, like, especially, you know, it's just, I love hearing the marriage yeah. part of it too, because, well, my Brian's the same way. Yeah. It sounds like your Brian is kind of, um, kind of a, a steady force kind of. Yeah. Like a yes. steady force yes. and you're the, ah! yeah, <laughs> that's kind of me too. That's kind of how yeah. Brian and I roll too. He's, um. You know, I bring sanity in a different way. Yeah. But most of the time, it's he's the grounding force. Yeah. And it's interesting because we went to a Christian college, and that's how we met. And um, we both felt we didn't really get together till the very end of our time at our in college, but we both felt insanely out of place there. Yeah. Um, totally believe in God, totally believe in Jesus, had totally different type of relationship with God than right. most of the people I yeah. met there. Yeah. And it was super frustrating because it was just like, am I crazy? Yeah. Like, am I freaking, yeah. it just, it was a culture that yeah. I couldn't, that I felt different yes. from, you know, that yep. kind of thing. And so like, for instance, I'll give you an example. So like, 
you know, people would date and it would be like, okay, we're going to pray together now. Or like, Mm -hmm. it was like, they're going to go have a Bible study together. And it was like this intimate thing. And the way I looked at that was just like, dude, that's personal. Like, I I just didn't think, I didn't take it. I didn't want religion tied to it at all. Right. At first. Yeah. In high school, I think I kind of went through that little phase of like, Lila's like, and then it was like, I wanted to run from all that. Right. And it was just really, truly logic. Like I didn't understand how, like, it just seemed like a formulated relationship. Well, that's exactly what happened with me when I was 22 is that you ran and, but you had a, you didn't run, but you had a very stable foundation of God and Jesus and you had that culture shock or whatnot. I had the exact, that's exactly how I felt, but I didn't have that strong foundation or it's like, that's when I like went off and I'm like, this just ain't for me. And I tied, you know, I threw out the bath, the baby with the, the bath, bath water. water, you know, I did. I totally did. Right. Um, so sorry to interrupt you. But oh yeah. So, I, that's the whole, th- I can completely relate, relate to that. Right. So when I met, so when Brian and I got together, um, you know, it was very, you know, when it came to spirituality, like, you know, thinking, is this someone I could be with? Yeah. You know, um, we didn't talk a ton about. God, you know, like, because a lot of people were like, I want a spiritual leader. I yeah. want this. I want yeah. that. And yeah, I wanted that too for, you know, I wanted someone like, I wanted to like marry a pastor or yeah. like be that yeah. missionary girl or, yeah. you know, like, I kind of had this like flavor. Yeah. But then in the end I was like, that's just not right. my jam. Right. And so, or just, it could be, but I just didn't. But it doesn't like, have to be. No, it didn't have to. It just the yeah. way yeah. people looked at it was yeah. like weird. Yeah, I know. Um, and so with Brian, it just felt so natural. Yeah. Like it was kind of like we both definitely felt spiritually connected. Yeah. But what spiritually connected us was far deeper than I think anything living, um, biblically written or something. I mean, maybe biblically written, but like, it just didn't seem like we had to talk about it. Right. Right. Like we needed to have... Like, yeah. conversation after conversation. Well, what do you right. believe about this? Or what do you believe about mm-hmm. that? It just was fit. Right. Right? So, it's just interesting. It was like, the intimacy part of us becoming spiritually closer has actually been through the years of trials and yeah. this and that. And yeah. so, I'm just hearing from your story. It's like, it's, it sounded like through this process, after all that, it's kind of molding you guys together yeah. and closer. Totally. It is. And, you know... It absolutely. Uh, and for a long time, I mean, for like two years, we were on the brink of, of separating. And I was pretty sure I wanted to, you know. Um, and I love there's that saying where it's like when you feel like God wasn't answering your prayer, like he did, like he answered my, he answered my prayer and me like praying for, I, I was just, I was praying for a happy life and for, I was praying for another husband actually. <laughs> This means not working. <laughs> he, he ain't right. You know, he just didn't know. And it was hard because it was like, you know, we weren't equally yoked. And yeah. I didn't know. I was like, do you want me to be, you know, in a different relationship? And, you know, but it's, I, I was, I was sending him these prayers, but I was outlining what I wanted, you know, and, and you can't do that when you talk to God. You can't be like, okay, so this is, would be kind of ideal in June. And then maybe in August we'll do this. You know, it's like you pray, you pray for peace of mind, be prepared to receive it in a way that you can't anticipate. You know what right. I mean? Right. 
And so now I can look back and that's such the value of like reflection is I can look back in the past like five years and, and see exactly how he answered when he answered and see, and I wasn't able to see it that time. But after like that chapter kind of ended, I can look back and be like, oh yeah, he was there big time and he didn't give me what I want, but he gave me more. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's definitely, and anything you come at with gratitude, God loves that. You know, give and receive. Like anything you, you put with that, like vibration of, of thanks, thankfulness. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's just, that's the best way to live your life. Yeah. Well, in gratitude, I always tell my kids, gratitude changes attitude. <laughs> like, it but just, it does. It does. It, 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 it does. raises up your consciousness. When it's like they say, it's like, you know, you can be a new you if you say 10 things you're grateful for every day consistently for three months. And that's the whole thing is and you're, you're searching in your mind to find out things that you're appreciative of. And then you kind of highlight that in your mind. You know, and I do that a lot where it's like sometimes I like bemoan having to clean up all these like kid toys. But then it's like just the other day it was kind of sweet and it was like I'm going to miss like these little cars and ponies not being on the floor. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to be here and aware of that. And then I just started, you know, walking the kids upstairs. I'm like, I'm grateful for my house. I'm really grateful for my house grateful for food, you know, I mean, it's just like, once you can live in that, then, then you're telling God that you, you haven't, you know, that, that he is providing for you in a beautiful way. Sure. And then, and then that's the law of attraction, which I like am obsessed with and the power of positive thinking. I mean, you can really set your life on a new track if, with the way you think, you know? Uh, yeah. And yeah, you, be- what you believe is what you act out. What yeah. You, it's, yeah. It's so true. I mean, Back to the, you know, the God that we know, um, another element to what you're talking about so much, I think is grace, Yeah, you know, um, because I tend to take more of the avenue of like, I hone in on that grace factor. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, there's appreciation and gratitude and there's also like, dude, like that honesty factor where you're just like. I am really good about being honest. Yeah. Like I literally can't do this right yeah. now or I right. can't. And the more honest I've become with mm-hmm. myself and, and prayer and just being honest, period, um, the better I feel like the um, things change. Yes. Because trying so hard to be something that you can't be right. or do, yes, it, it shows that, you know, it, it like hides the gratitude factor there's that but it's also like god doesn't want you to change right he just wants you to go to him yeah right it's the simplifying of like yeah simplify simplify the the crap right you know sure um and clear the mind and and those kind of things where all of those thoughts go yeah yes you know and what thoughts are you thinking on a daily basis yeah that's how you identify yourself right i mean that you know if you want a different life, like, are you making the steps to do it? And it's like, and that's where the running thing comes in for me so much where it's like, I'm a big runner, but I see so many people that like want to start running, but they just can't quite get there. They try it for like one week, but I guarantee you if you ran consistently, just even three times a week. And even if you have to, you know, walk one minute, run two minutes, whatever you stick with it for three months, you'll be a runner. And that's with anything. That's with anything. And same, same with me and like my relationship with God is I stuck with it and I was like, I need to know more. I want to know more. And then slowly and surely like his light started illuminating my mind and I saw things differently, you know, and, and I went to him for help. Like I didn't even try to control it and, you know, and I asked for guidance and, 
you know, and tell him I love him and thanks for being my father. Like, you know, and the, the best thing about all of this is that, you know, we're just so loved. And I remember I did, I went to like a, a Bible study and there was this one, you know, lady who grew up in the church and I'll never forget it because I was saying something and then she goes, oh yeah, I just, I guess I never really felt like beloved by God. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. That's, that's what Jesus says all the time. You know, yeah. how loved you are. It's the number one commandment. It's love, 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 love. And how you love is how you manifest God in this earth. Like, that's how you bring him here, you know, yeah. is to love. Like, that's how immediate God is. He's in any of those loving thoughts. Um, and so, yeah, that's it's something that I my foundation on is how much he loves me because I can come at it with how much I hate myself. And, and if I don't bring God's love into my mind, then I'm just gray and dark and no good to anybody, you know, toxic. And so, like, bringing his love and me remembering that. And sometimes that's the only thing I can think of is, like, God loves me, God loves me, God loves me. And, like, God loves me, like, knows me. I mean, that's just such a, a unique, I mean, such a powerful thing. Um, and so I, I love to fall back on that. And I love to feel that. And I love thinking about it. They say contemplation is the highest form of prayer. And I love it. I love thinking about God, just like what God means or, you know, someone what says does God like, have for you today what does yeah yeah like God is God is everything like what does everything mean God is life God is consciousness you know you know God's in your mind and you know God's not in you you're in God and I love that because it takes me away from the situation or it takes me away from being this own independent entity it's like I'm in God he's not in me I'm in him I'm an extension of him I, I you know I, I am his Christ you know and I just love that. I love being able to be connected to God on such an intimate level. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's so cool that the journey took you to this yeah. way. And, you know, like talking too with about um, the marriage component of it all too. And, and just I think what people – I know that people are listening that I know I've heard people actually say from even listening to these podcasts – is that um, number one? I want to touch base about like how the how your marriage kind of yeah piece back together. But like, um, and but how like people making God real in their life, like mm-hmm. that transition of um, I want to believe in God, but into knowing that He is that transition of like how do I hear God? How do yeah. I you know prayer this this that? Like how do I make it real for myself? Yeah. Like, it's so true. Like, if I think about it, it's like, gosh, how did I start hearing God? I mean, right. I do. And it's like, how did that even first happen? And just the transition of it becoming what someone, I can quote a friend, but like he said, his relationship became 3D. It was like reading something and then it becoming 3D in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the best yeah. thing. And I, and then with you saying, don't give up. Yes. It will happen. It will. It will happen. It will happen. It will happen. And you don't know. You don't need to know how, because you won't. You. This is something like you can't predict. Like, but I mean, I was a child. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I was a child, and then for me, it was like what became what I. I always felt God. You know, I always kind of had a sense of God. Yeah. But in eighth grade, something about eighth grade, I went to this camp and I saw someone and I could hear these people talking about their relationship with God. Yeah. And I looked at them and I was just like, I don't know what that is or what they have, but I want that. Yeah. It was like a total right. drawness, yeah. you know. But I think as a kid, we don't have a lot of the fluff Mm-mm. of adultness. Right. 
or maybe we haven't screwed up enough yet yeah. to just get fogged. Yeah. But the clarity was came quick. Yeah. It became that's cool. real quick. Yeah. And I mean, I remember pre- I mean, going through stuff all the way through middle school to high school to college. Yeah. The whole shebang. And no, it wasn't like a um you know, things got harder. Yeah. You know, but I the consistency has always been there. Yeah. You know, it's never like it's if anyone's walked away, it's been me. Right. <laughs> right. Know, like yeah. at times. Yeah. Or whatever. Or just the stagnant mm-hmm. of like where is this going? And man, I can tell you that like those stagnant times where you think nothing is happening or why am I yes. not hearing anything? Why why have I prayed and not heard a single thing in months? I mean, that's a yeah, long I know. time. I mean, you can look back and see where God has worked. Yeah. Reflection, like you said. Yeah. You know, he is always working. Yeah. The, but a couple months is a long time. I can tell that you've, like, obviously had that conversation with God in your mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. A couple months. And, I mean, God, it's been, like, a couple months. Yeah. Come on, man. It's like, where is this going? Yeah, I know. And, oh, man, there are times where he has, like, blown it up. And yeah, it's like. I know. I don't know if it's, like. Because it has to be the right time, or maybe it was. Maybe it's the time where I'm the most receptive. Yeah, I don't know, but I know. regardless of I know. hearing See, him or not hearing him, though. yeah, yeah. Regardless of hearing him or not hearing him, he's there though. Yes, and that's the thing that a mature faith you get to that point where you realize in reflection. Yes, that oh yeah, he was there all yeah, along. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in those days where it's like, where the hell are you? Yeah, I know. And you just can't see it. Yeah. Um, you get through the day. Well, and they say, like, another I mean, book that I've read, you do get through the day. And, like, you know, God's voice isn't audible. Like, it's much deeper than that. He speaks to your spirit. And so to hear God, you got to be connected to your spirit. By your spirit, I mean soul. Like, who you are. Not not your personality. Not the Keegan, but the child of God. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and so, because that, for me, I was like, how do you hear God? Or people, like, pray, and they're like, well, God kind of told me yesterday. I'm like, how did he tell you? You know, and, he, and, it, and it's, and it's and, and the only way that you come to find out is you feel it, you experience it, you reflect on it. Um, and now I know. And, and he also comes very much to me in, in my thoughts and in, in ideas and forms. Like, I'll be reading, you know, a book right now. I'm a big fan of Marianne Williamson, not just because she's a political contender, but... Um, she wrote this beautiful book, A Return to Love, um, and shoot, I don't remember where I was going with that. Oh, well, so then I'll read the book, and I'm like, how does that relate to me and my relationship with God? And then it is it is in that kind of, like, questioning that, like, uh-huh. ideas kind of bubble to the surface. Right. And the ones that really stick with me, that resonate with me, um, are is something that I'm meant to hear. Yes. You know what I mean? Right. It's just practice. It is. It is. It's practice. It is. It's getting people in your life that can help figure those things yeah. out. Yep. Um, you know, it's just, yeah. I, it is just so real. Um, but I mean, I mean, I see it like even with my kids, their faith is, I like nurturing that. You yeah. Know? And too. nurturing their, like their innocence and just of how pure it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's very... Yeah. It's very enlightening, you know. When Jesus loved kids too, he had like an infinity for them. And I think it's because they oh, have. Oh, yeah. Well, he loves, I mean, that's it's the, the whole. It's the clear mind though. Because yeah. it's like the difference between a young child and an adult is they have, don't really have a sense of self. And uh, they haven't really claimed them an identity. You know what I mean? They're not like 
thrown into sports or they're not like having their favorite grade or their favorite class. Like they are like kind of an open page. Mm-hmm. Like, and they, they're just finding out, you know, they're really just working from their spirit. And then it's like once you get older and then it's like, well, boys like blue, girls like pink or Jojo bows are in or, you know, and then it's like, so then you start filling yourself up with, with things that you think that you are. Um, and, and then you lose that kind of free flow and just kind of carefree and just kind of, yeah, you know. Right. And I, and I think for me, like what I've noticed with Liam and it's kind of been fun for me is like, he has this vision that God is like Santa Claus. And I love kind of debunking that. And I mean, that was like, I, you know, I did too, you know, this, this, you know, this God up in the sky and the clouds and he's looking down and looking at everything that you're doing wrong. Um, and that can't be God cause God is love. Like he's can't be judgmental or, you know, condemnatory, but, um, I try to make it more real with Liam where it's like, no, it's not like Santa Claus. It's not like he's, you know, and then he's like today he said, cause he had a friend at camp and he goes, so <laughs> when we die, do we get to float up in heaven and be invisible and eat candy? And I'm like, well, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, I was like, well, you don't, you're not going to be eating, you know, and just kind of like, I'm seeing him trying to like, kind of like connect the dots. And I'm like, well, <clears throat> and he's like, when do I finally get to be with God in heaven? I'm like, well, you're with God right now. Every single moment of your life, you're with God. You're in his arms the whole time. So you're already with him. And you know, the kingdom of heaven is within. So you're already kind of in heaven, you know, like, you know, it's not a place to go to. It's an awareness to be. Um, so it's, it's fun. It's fun for me when he talks like that, because I get to kind of like use my inner knowledge of resource, my inner resource of knowledge. And, um, yeah. So it's, I love talking to kids about God. Yeah, me too. Me too. And then like, them exploring their identity in yeah. God and yeah. spirituality and just like, well, I don't want, I mean, I want you to go learn and I want to talk about what you think, what you think, yeah. you know, like what is that to you? And just hearing their own relationship develop in that is really, 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 yeah. really cool. And, but yeah, I mean, but with, um, back to the whole spouse situation, like, like how, long, I think, I think marriages out there is a, it's, I just keep thinking, I don't know where we could go with it, but I just, I know that a lot of marriages are struggling, Yeah, you know, and, um, a lot of marriages aren't like for you being open about like, well, we were like on the brink of separation and this and that. I mean, that is probably what a lot of people are feeling right. like just unsure and, and people change. Yeah. After 10 years, you're not going to be the same person. Not going to be the same person. And, um, so how long have you been married now? Um, eight years, nine years. Cause Liam's no eight, eight. Okay. Yeah. So eight years, three kids and your oldest is going into second. second? Yeah. Yeah. That's, it was a lot. I mean, and Liam lot. and Hattie were only 16 months apart. So I'm just an impulsive person. And so Liam was so cute seven months before they were teething, starting to get a sleep schedule. I'm like, babies are fun. So let's so get you so like the I, baby stage. I did. <laughs> Till, <laughs> Till I, I had too many. No, I do love the baby phase. Like, Absolutely. so you like the infancy, like when they're born. Oh, yes. You oh, like that yes, part. I do. There's another part of me, and I won't, but that like wants to have a fourth baby, but it's never when I'm sober. <laughs> <laughs> Well, isn't that um, often I do. how babies come, though? I know. And unsober. I love the pregnancy. I love the anticipation. You I do? Love, I do. I, 
I do since I haven't been pregnant. It's so funny because I say that and then Brian's like, you're so full of BS. The second you're like 16 weeks, it's like heartburn and insomnia and I have to pee all the time. So, you know, maybe it's been a few years. But I, 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 I would love that just one more time. But the only thing is they like grow up and then it's like, it's, yeah. you know, I mean, it's not... It's another child. It's another, you Life. know, it's, it's just, and it's, you know, we're just out of diapers now. So, but, um, yeah, I do love children. They're fun. So how old is Indy again? She's, She's three and a half. She's three and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you're almost, almost through that. Yeah. That, yeah. You know? Well, I mean, those, the times when, um, I mean, I, I love talking, I love talking about marriages and stuff too, because, it's such an evolution of yeah. different things, you yeah. know, um, and phases and seasons yeah. and this and that. Yeah. And, and then you stick together, yeah. like somebody stick together. But like my, my thing is, is like with pain and the everyday and like, how do you do that? And just like, what were some things like when you were like almost separated, like what was your days like? Like it, was it just feeling like you're, I you mean, know, we were so separated. Like we, because we had so many young kids, how it started, we, we started sleeping in different bedrooms because I would sleep with the babies and breastfeed them. Like, you know, he had to work. I stayed at home. So I would give him the guest room and then have the bassinet and then, um, you know, just do, functionality, just functionality. And it sure. worked. But then we got used to it, and then it became convenient. Like, so then it's like, um, so that was the biggest thing. We just started sleeping in different rooms. And even when, even when the kids, even when we moved them out of the bassinet into their crib or into a different room, um, he likes sleeping on the couch. So we just got separated in that sense. Like, we, our intimacy was really not there at all. I mean, wasn't into it. And we were fighting so much, and it's, like, hard to be intimate with someone you don't really like at the moment, you know. Um, I think anyone can relate to that. Yes. <laughs> Don't Let's even be honest. think about it. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, you know, then the kids, he traveled a ton. There was one time, uh, it was when, oh my gosh, Liam was sick and Hattie was sick. Hattie was like eight weeks old. Liam was only like, you know, 17 months old. He And he traveled like 20 days in February. He was always gone. And so I got resentful of that. And it was sure. like just, you know... There were some days I didn't change because I was already dirty and I'm just going to get dirtier. So let's just get dirty, dirty and then shower hopefully at night. Um, And so then, so we traveled a lot. We started sleeping in different bedrooms. And then, you know, the kids were just so hard when you have, when your relationship is already taxed. And then to have these three little people need so much and you're constantly tending to them you're so worn out and you're so kind of disgruntled by having to deal with fight after fight after fight or tantrum after screaming, etc. It is so hard to be at peace in that. Sure. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't be. And so like that's when you unwind at night and then when our way of unwinding was to argue with each other. So it was waking up impatient and angry and going to bed impatient and angry. And then and then once the kids got a little older, they 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 wake up early so they go to bed early but because of that I, we started doing dinner at like 4 so we didn't even have dinner together like i just fed the kids like there was no family dinners like we had evolved into a very separate way of living like he slept in a different bedroom we we didn't eat dinner together you know the kids went to bed he only saw the kids a couple hours and so it was just and that's the whole that's when separation was on our minds where it's like we're not even doing this family thing together like it's very independent and you know and then he was traveling so much and we had to come back it was almost more disruptive because he left messes and I was like when you were gone I didn't have to pick up after you and you're here and you're not helping me but he 
he didn't know because he was gone so much that it was hard for him to kind of readjust back into life. You know what I mean? And he said before, he goes, he loved it when he traveled. Like, I bet you did, you know? <laughs> he loves it. I mean, I'm sure you that's did. That's an honest statement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I would have loved And then he like freaks out if I, you know, or if I'm like, well, I want to go to a movie with the girlfriend Saturday at two. At two when the kids are awake. Yeah, at two. I might even go at eleven. You know, I when mean, it was like his sense. I seriously, <laughs> he said that before, and so it's like <sighs> all of that, you know, and none. Of, there was no communication whatsoever going on, you know, just none. Um, and so slowly and surely we were just changing into different people that didn't cohabitate well. Right. You know? Um, but then like, would you say what made the change really? Um, I know a lot of people say this, but like usually the change comes within ourselves. Yeah. In some way, like, I think for me, um, I mean, you having that many kids at once, I mean, I just don't think anyone yeah. would not be going through at least something of what yeah, you're saying. Right. I mean, that's yeah, pretty real yeah. and pretty, and then with the traveling and all that, I broke mean. Broke me down, yeah. Yeah, it broke you down, broke him down, um, you know, what do you think? I think the change for me was time the kids getting older the kids getting older and letting go of my expectations aha uh-huh. because i think that's where the tension was was this is not what i thought my family life was going to be this is not what i thought this day you know it was this is not what i thought i was going to be and it caused friction because i was so you know stringent on what i thought my life was going to be like that wasn't turning out and i'm like so you know everything that i so it was letting go of the expectations and letting it just kind of be and um, so I think that initially was just letting go of of what I thought my life should be at this point in my marriage or whatnot. So you basically were just like surrendered in that too. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, okay, well, I guess this is the way it's going to yeah. be. Yeah, And then how did it kind of get into back to well, not feeling like you want to separate? Right. Um, of course it, well, the kids. That, but that wasn't, you know, for the two years, it was like it would be easier to co-parent. Um, but it was really my, I mean, I can't help but say my relationship with God because that was in that window. Like I really started mm-hmm. getting that foundation was when I started looking at my life and thinking and looking about maybe where I could change, how th- I can humble myself a little bit or, you know, when you're going off of just what you think and living by yourself and, and ruling your own thoughts like it can go amok pretty quickly and it was but suddenly I had this this intelligent force you know God but I I had this soundboard to go off of and he was very gently showing me where I was closed-minded you know because another one of my favorite prayers is you know I just want to receive the peace of mind I want to see receive the peace of God you know I I, I want that peace of mind you know I, I don't want to be bogged down by insecurities and Etc. So once I really started praying for that, I had to be intentional about it. So I couldn't keep doing things that were causing chaos in my life if I wanted the peace of God. And so I had to start changing how I was being so reactive, changing uh, the things that I was doing. Um, and so it Did kind, that kind of come naturally by like by you seeking then by it having kind of... an earnest desire to fulfill my function as God's child. It did. Yeah, it kind of plays out itself. It does absolutely. Yeah, like like. 
you know, and that's another thing that I love is that if you're alive, there's a purpose for you here, with, without a doubt. Uh, things that it's just not by accident, or by mistake. Um, going down to like phytoplankton. I mean, you know how how uh, vulnerable just the Earth ecosystem is, like, because it's just everything is getting shifted. But that being said, everything's getting shifted. Everything that he is here has a very specific function. You know, down to like the bees and the ants and. So if that's true for just, you know, the earth and the animals in it, it's certainly true for a human being uh, because they're essentially like manifestation of God, like you're God's child. And so that's given me a lot of light because I'm like, wow, I actually, because I think when you're depressed or when you're suicidal or when you're really disgruntled with life, you don't have a function, you don't have a purpose. And, and if, if your soul doesn't have a function, I mean, it turns on itself. You know what I mean? Like everything. Like, and everything around and you. And everything around you. Like there is something in you that's grasping for purpose. And there is a purpose. And all you have to do is ask God to show you. And like this is my frustration with God right now is like I stay at home. And I, and I do a lot with Reason to Run. I do a lot in the running community. But I don't, like, I, like, have so much passion and I don't feel like he's, like, he's not utilizing me properly. I'm like, God, I keep asking to fulfill my function and I, and I want to do what I can to advocate for you and do all this stuff. And I'm still, like, at home doing the kids, dinner, shower, clean, dishes, you know. And it's like, and I know, and I, and I think that this will be something in five years I'll look back and see this kind of what I'm doing right now is, like, the footwork to where he wants me to be. Yeah. But it's blinds. I don't know. But I know that I want to do something for him. You know, I want to fulfill my purpose. You know, yes. I want to do God's will. I just don't know what it is in my life. And I know, and I get it, raising your kid is a big purpose and function. And I know, but I want more. I want something outside of my family. Like, I want, you know, like, so that's just, you know, one of my, like, little it's tidbits. Your, it's on your journey right it's now. It's on my, yeah. It's yeah. on your path. Yeah. 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 Well, I think um, those people that really do things like a lot of powerful, powerful women out there um, with what you're talking about usually do have some part of raising a family. Yeah. It's so weird yeah. how impactful. Yeah. It's not weird. It's very, it's very, like, I like to think of it as like, when all, everyone, everything's shut out and you're at home doing your thing and yeah. you're an audience of one like right that those quiet times where you're just like pouring in I mean those are just like I think those are the moments where it's just like God's just pouring yeah like, I agree pouring and I mean and you take talk about like seasons you know yeah. like uh Josh it just talked like the soil getting the soil yes. right, getting the seeds right watering it this yeah. way I mean there's just such a process and you know the seed grows in darkness right but yes. it feels the presence of the sunlight and it yearns for the sunlight as much as the sunlight yearns for the seed right but the growth like not all growth happens in light like you got to get down in the dirt and you got to yeah. you have to you have to seek the light but it's there's something in you that's going to grow up and there's something in the sun that's going to go down you know and then you be, then you blossom it's that's how you know. Imagery. I think it's. I think it's beautiful. I think <laughs> I know you. You know when you're on the right path, when you're wanting something. This is my. I just thought of this. Like, yeah. This could just be crap. But when you're wanting something and it's not the right, quite the right time, but you're yearning for it. Yeah. I think that's such a great place to be. Right. It's a hard place mm -hmm. to be. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. In some ways, but I feel like that's a good place to be in a way right. because it's like. 
you're you're going for something right you're you're, yeah. you're feeling I mean even if it's not yeah you know like you're just going in a direction yeah. whereas like stagnant complacent yeah crap yeah depression it just feels so blah right and I felt that for a long time yeah yeah um so I know that I can feel that distinction even just hearing you talk yeah. about it because of a place of complacency for a long time yeah or you know complacency's god uses anything i know yeah okay bad good whatever this or whatever it all is used for good you know i can just see that your path is strong yeah like yeah i'm sensing that anyway but well and that's another thing i love like about adversity and failures is like in every failure there's success like i can look back at my struggle with Brian and see how bad it was to how good it is now but to see the steps that we took things that changed and it was an organic process that you know it took like 18 months to get to that but like you can see how how you start you I don't know it just I just love the hard times because when you get out of it you can look back and see okay I know what happened there I know what I was doing wrong or you know adding more to the depression and I know what got me out of it and so next time I'll have that experience and I'll, you know, use that accordingly so that I don't have to really go there. But then I'm sure I'll make a mistake and then I'll reflect on it. I mean, it's just never ending. Sure. You know, and it's so funny because sometimes I'm like, God, I have been on this path to like spiritual like realization and I'm still like effing it up on a daily. I'm like, it's just, it's funny where it's like, God, I just. You are human. I know, I know, I know, I know. We are human. Yeah. That's what I always say too. It's like, I look forward to the day. Where we don't have to have faith anymore. Yeah. It just is. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so deterring all that and humanness and this and that is just going to just be yeah. non-existent, yeah. you know? And that's also why I think there's so much value to the older people, the elders in our community. Because they've done like the 70, 80 years of life. Like I think I know we should capitalize more on that instead of kind of push him down. It's like, oh, he can't hear. He's like 80. It's like, why don't you ask him about life? Yeah, See what all, he's got to say. The only one is uncomfortable is you because you have to talk louder. Yeah. They don't have to <laughs> You know? Have you ever been in a nursing home? You're just like, how are you I today? know, yeah. Like, and, the only one that feels weird is you, not I know. them. I've done you that know? before. My grandma's like, I have my hearing aids in. I'm like, okay, all right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I mean, what I don't like what I don't like is when I'm at the grocery store and I see a seven-year-old woman or man doing groceries, like having to oh, deal with that. Yeah. Yes, I think some people want to do that, you know, groceries right. and stuff like that. Or what am I yeah. saying, cashier or whatever. But yeah, God, it's like, really? I know. Do you really have to be doing that? Like, yeah. Just, you should be out of chilling I know. somewhere you know yeah, not freaking I know. or it makes me actually it makes me want to go back to the cash register and be like let me just do it yeah you go yeah. sit down for a bit yeah. you know yeah. it's just like I hate it I hate being I know. in that position that's true you know what I mean yeah. I don't want to be yeah. in that way it's like yeah. yeah anyway but I'm terrified of being older like that yeah you know I am too I so, really am yeah well I just don't want to lose my like mental faculties yes because my which one do you want like what so you want, so you want to be mentally good, physically Ooh, bad. Well, Which one if you had to choose? Oh, I don't know. It's hard. My grandpa just passed away from like dementia, Alzheimer's. Um, oh. And that was like, I mean, it was like a ten year thing. Like he, 
we used to, like, at my parents' house, he always knew how to get to the coffee shop. They're from Idaho, but every time we travel, and then one time he, like, got lost, and he, like, you know, didn't know how to get back or didn't know where he was, and so I think that would be, like, a nightmare. But I don't know that I want to be, like, like, mentally sharp and, like, bedridden either because then you're like mentally sharp of your bedriddenness you know it's all agony it's all agony but I don't know I just really would like to die in my sleep when I'm like 78 yeah feels good to me yeah that's why I always say 80 it's like I don't want to go past 80 it's just like do me in I mean yeah but they I mean my grandfather he was um he just died this past October we were pretty close and he died the best way honestly like he just fell asleep and died. Yeah. That is I mean, the, yeah. mental capacity. Yeah. How old was he? 1,000% there, 90. Oh, wow. Yeah, like 90. Yeah. Um, and he he was having back issues, you know. He was he was having a hard time getting around. Yeah. You know? And it's it's so dangerous. I know. Every it's little scary. thing you do. And he you was on his own. Break a hip. Oh, yeah. He had already done that. Like. Yeah. Well, he had, well, actually, he had already had a fairly, like, two hip replacements, but, like, when he was a lot younger. Yeah. So, um, him falling is a big, was a big, yeah. big issue. And Brian pointed out to me that like, that a big thing that happens with older people is that when you fall, um, sometimes it's not the fall that's bad. It's the fact that it, no one's there and then they get dehydrated and then, yeah. then things start going real right. Wrong. Yeah. So I just, I learned a lot. Like it just, anyway, so he, he was, I just think like, God, I'd be so freaking lonely, you know? Yeah. It's just like having all your friends, family die. Yeah, yeah. So he, but I miss him, you know, thinking yeah. about him actually. But like he just, yeah. So he went to take a nap. And yeah. Wake up. That's and perfect. Would, yeah. It was so, anyway. But how do we get to that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Older people getting old. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We should take this podcast to somewhere, like, someone's been suggesting, like, we should take this podcast to, like, a nursing home or something like that. Ooh. Or just, like, just yeah. hit up some, hit up some people, you, should. you know? Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. You know? Um, anywho, so, Brian and you got, figured it out. Yep. It basically came down to lowering the expectations. I can totally relate to that. And it just seems like magical how that kind of just transpires, yeah, right? Yeah, And now, now, I mean, we couldn't be better. It, I was so grateful for our the hard times that we had because now, like, you know, I the expectations are lower and I know my role where it's like when you're kind of a new mom and a new wife and you have these kids, it's like you kind of have these expectations that he'd help with the dishes. But now he doesn't, but that's fine because I don't help with outside anything. Like, he does the trash, he does the recycle. I mean, it's just little things where it's like you finally, you've fallen into, like, a this, pattern, a, pattern yeah. a partnership, a true partnership, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and now we, we have dinners together and we plan out the meal. I mean, it's, it's a true union, like a true partnership. Um, and the communication is much better. And so it just feels so good because, and I'm just so grateful that we didn't separate, um, because of how how important he is to me, and I can't even believe that that was like even going to be a thing. Um, but we grew and we changed, and we grew back together and created something different. And I think a long time for me was thinking that I was the Keegan that got married and he was the Brian that got married. But you you can't be the same person with kids. You know, you do change. You yeah. change your thoughts. You change your. Th- you, I mean, you change, and now it's like. You know, what matters is 
dinner. T- I mean, it just, it's everything changes. Um, and it's imperative that you change together. You can grow separately. Like growth isn't like just you just in a one line, like you can grow in some ways and kind of retreat in other ways. But like, so long as you're growing together, yeah, like Brian, my brain, you know, like we're both on our own paths. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're on our own journeys and we're together. Yeah. Um, we're making each other better. Right. But we're definitely in our Separate. own. Separate, like you're growing you're your independently. Person. Yeah. Um, and he supports that growth. He's part of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I felt when we were really bad, I didn't feel like he was part of my growth. He wasn't, you know, but, but that's because I wasn't letting him, so... Yeah, I mean, it's just, I think that the end of the day, whatever I can learn, what I can do better is is what I look for, you know, in a non-guilt way. Like, how could I have handled that situation better? How could I have said things? I mean, it's pretty funny. I turn really childish in an argument. Like, I go for the low blows. Like, yeah, well, your chili sucks. I don't like your mom's haircut. I think your sister's a hot mess. Like, I just go for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, let's leave family out of it. It's like my favorite thing to do is like, yeah, but what about your mom? I mean, it was like, Keegan, what are you doing? Like, you cannot insult his mom and not expect him to be upset. But I do it to get a rise, and then, like, he comes at me. So, anyway, that's like, we're moving beyond that form of argument. But it's just, you know, it's just, it's funny. So, I've, I've, I've moving, moving forward and seeing where I can grow and how I can change. It's funny because when um, when we go back to Texas and Brian, my Brian, and like all the in-laws, so you got the Shaw family, you know, my immediate family, and then we have all the in-laws there, yeah. you know, like my sister's husband, my brother's wife, you know, like all the in-laws that they're married to. Um, it's funny because the spouses will get together and be like, oh my God, all the Shaw girls are the same. Oh, that's funny. All the, all the boys are the same. Yeah. That's how they were raised, you know, and everything. And it almost kind of like lightens it a little bit. Yeah. Because like, they're like, they just don't feel as alone in yeah. what they have to put I know. up with. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's kind of funny yeah. and it's sweet and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I mean, you know, not yeah. everything. But, no, but, yeah. But they get, I mean, we're kind of known, the Shaws are kind of known to, for being a little defensive. Yeah. Okay. okay that's our weakness. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> well, you know, I don't know about everybody, but I'm pretty sure I've heard the spouses say that. Like, yeah. I just get, I know for me anyway, I do get defensive and, yeah. Uh, anyway, so, um, you know, so over the years, so we've been married for 16 years and Brian, I, I can honestly say, I can finally say that I am like 70% less defensive than I think that I used to be. Yeah. Like yeah. just being married and yeah. like, you know, he just has that way of like taking the rail down, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know. Boom. Yeah. You know, and, and it's saying something like, well, we're on the same side here. Like, what's your problem? And I'm yeah. like, yeah. He's right. Like, yeah. Ugh. Well, the <laughs> second you take anything personally is when you you invest your emotions in it, but I know. Yeah. It's hard. It's all it's all hard and it's all good and I just love um like one of the best times when Brian and I we had gone through a lot of crap. Um we had just moved here and feeling that 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 place after having the young kids and you see the light at the end of the tunnel, right. you know, that yes. kind of thing, yep. that, that tunnel yep. thing, you know, it. it was coming, yeah. it was there, yeah. it was happening. And like, it was the most, like, we just like felt it and then conceived Tobin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Was it a, 
and we was just it an did. accident or was it intentional? Well, or you know what it was. What is it? Just like what it was was was. Um, no, it's funny. It was like I definitely always kind of felt like I was gonna have three. Yeah, and I'm always open in the future for adoption or you yeah. know anything that comes into our life like that. Um, but uh, I could not make that decision. Yeah, could not make that like, jump. Yeah, that jump of like. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, and that wasn't going to happen, um, especially for everything that we went through. But, um, yeah, just miscalculated a couple things. And yeah. then, ba-bam, you know, um, total, it's just kind of, it, it's so funny. It's so funny because I know exactly how I screwed up. I mean, it, it's, I've never screwed up. Yeah. I've never screwed up. How'd you screw up, though? I screwed up because I thought I had already ovulated. Oh, like I was, you know what? I think I, I, I can honestly say this. I think I ovulated twice in one month. Yeah. That happens. It does. Yeah. Like what? If you have, like if you have, well, yeah, no, it totally, of course, not of course, but that's happened. I mean, okay. Like, so I, 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 like, I swear I ovulated twice and that yeah. had never happened before. Yeah. So I thought I had already ovulated, which means yeah. that, oh, we're in the clear. Because I know the ovulation thing. Like, once you're trying to have a baby, it's like, you know when you ovulate. You can, I mean, to the well, day. especially almost. after, yeah. yeah like, yeah. especially after having a few. Or yeah. People, you yeah, know. you know. You know, right? So I knew. <laughs> I was like, and then I, like, I was like, um, Brian, I think I may have screwed up something. And oh, I was gosh. Like, do you think I'm pregnant? Like, I always ask him this. After yeah. every month, I'd be like, do you think I'm pregnant? Do you think I'm pregnant? You yeah. know, and then um, he's like, I don't know. And that was the first time he ever said, I don't know. And then I was. Oh, wow. I was just like, oh, man. That's crazy. I mean, it was it was just funny because I was just like, we had just entered that, that yeah. light. Like, yeah. it was like, oh, my gosh. We, I know. The kids are in such a great spot. We actually love each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't bedtime like each other always easy. the time. Yeah. I mean. The bedtime was easy. Because it's yeah. not going to be easy for another, you know, once you have a baby for really, like, three years. Because it's like, you know, the arguing, once they're old enough, it's like, no, it's bedtime. They can just get out of bed or naps and hearing the baby cry and diapers and what you take to a park I mean it's a process I mean up until they're potty trained basically that it's gonna yeah. be you know for me it was kindergarten once they hit kindergarten it was like yeah. ba-bam yep yeah it was but Ruthie yeah that's was, probably true it was but maybe for for the third because Ruthie was only three-ish okay when she, when we conceived Tobin so okay. anyway yeah. but it was all, it, I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, he was, I always felt like there was a third in there, and I think yeah. Brian did too, but yeah. we just couldn't make that right. step. But it, I'm so glad we did. Right, that it of happens, course. You know, yeah. Obviously. I mean, yeah. you never take back a kid. I know, I know. But <laughs> it makes, looking back in reflection, you know, yeah. all the desires were there. Right. You know, um, it's just so hard. It was, Pregnancy was, was really hard on me and yeah. stuff. But the third pregnancy wasn't as bad as the second one, but... Um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, that was that. Um, gosh, I feel like we talked about a lot. Whoa, I do want to include Reason to yes. Run. Yes. Okay. So let's okay. talk about Reason to Run because yes. this is an amazing program. Yes, it is. Is it just local to Westland? No. So Reason to Run is a nonprofit. Um, and Out of like all over the U.S.? Oregon. 
Okay, in Oregon yeah. specifically. Portland, okay. yeah. But it is actually, it's it's growing, like, because okay. other prisons have asked to be involved so with what, it. Yeah, we need to so talk about Reason what to run, is Reason so to Run. So Reason to Run um, is a nonprofit that goes into Coffee Creek uh, Institution, Coffee Creek Correctional Facility, which is just, in, I believe, in Wilsonville. I'm not sure exactly. Goes into Coffee Creek Prison, which is the prison for women here in Oregon. And we teach them, we train them how to run their first 5K within the prison. So um, it's a training program. It's a 12-week training program, um, and it's for inmates. Um, and it's pretty, you know, this is something I can really stand behind because it teaches these women, like, self-confidence um, and strength and discipline through running. And a little caveat was that I struggled for many years, and I was involved in the legal system as well, Um and I know, and I am a, a, a very passionate runner, and so I was very excited to share my love for running, but also be able to relate to the women that were incarcerated. Um, I've never been to prison. I've been to jail. Um, but that was where I felt like I could really fit in, was helping these, hel- helping these women train for their first, for their first 5K. But my, my function is, because ironically enough, um, because of my previous background uh they don't let me go into prison <laughs> so i so i'm there so uh, because of that when the women get released i am their coach i'm their post-release coach and so they'll get released they get sent to me we get them a new pair of shoes a sports bra um and then i find them a running club i'll ask to run with them but some of them are in eugene some of them are in salem so it's my responsibility to find them a running club and get them hooked up with a training program. Because the idea is, this is what I love about the program, is that people that are in jail, just the transition of... It's so difficult. It's so difficult. It's so difficult. Because often they don't change their mindset in prison, and they're getting released when they're in prison. They get released to the exact same situation that got them in prison. Like, when you get released, like, you can't drive. You have a probation officer. You have to take random UAs. You, you know, so and you have to have a job. You probably are likely because a lot of the people in prison um, have substance abuse issues. We'll have to go to AA and NA three times a week. So that's a lot, and you're not driving. So it's like it's inc- it's very overwhelming. Very I mean, overwhelming. Pr- like being in jail, being in prison is easy. You get your food fed you. All you have to do is not break the rules. Just stay in, serve your time, get out. That's when real life happens. Is when you get out. You know what I mean? And and yeah. and so. Uh, it's incredibly hard. And I was very lucky because uh, my parents were always able to pay for lawyers and they were always there supporting me when I got released. You know, I was catered to. And, and that's not the case for a lot of these women being released from prison. Um, so that's so the whole point for me of what I love the most about Reason to Run is that there's like a moment when you're in prison where you can surrender and say, okay, my best thinking got me here. Like, like, and, and running is like um, a window for that because once they start training, then it's like, that felt good. I did that. I didn't think I could run a mile. I just ran a mile. Then it's like, what else can I do? I see it happen all the time with people that first start out jogging. It's like, I did, I just did a half a mile. Like, and then it's like, then they're like, I'm going to do a 5K, you know? And then the woman that just got released emailed me last week and is training for a marathon. Oh, wow. So there's a lot. It's amazing. And there's a lot that running does or exercise to give you a valuable sense of self, like with a capital S, like once you start loving yourself, your decisions change. You don't do the things that you did in, in the self-hate mode. You know yeah, what I mean? No self-sabotage. You wouldn't do it because yeah. you love yourself and you know your inherent value as a child of God. Um, and so I think that that has been, that's like my 
that's why I love it so much is because it gives them a, a new identity. Sure. You know? Yeah. And there's been, I think, over 2,000 women that have gone through Reason to Run program. The Oregonian's doing a little blurb on it. Um, and then other correctional facilities in different states are asking for a Reason to Run to, like, implement a training program so that they can do that in their their prisons. Yeah. So um, it's spreading to different prisons. It's spreading to different prisons. I mean, amazing. it is, it is. I mean, it's a really, it's an opportunity for them to get to know themselves, but to, I don't know. I mean, running has changed my life. Like anytime I'm in a really bad phase of life, I'm not running. Like I can always know when I'm super in a scary position, when I'm like so depressed that I can't even run. I don't want to run. I just don't do it because it just, it adds so much to my life. Um, when did you start running technically? You know, technically when I was like 15. Okay. And then I did it in high school, and then so I... So were you like a cross-country runner? Cross-country and track, yeah. Okay. And then I was district champion in, in the 800, and then I had a scholarship in college, and I was like, I was so burnt out on, on like, just on training all the time that I was like, no, I need, like, a down year where I don't train. I had, like, a scholarship for a college in California, and I didn't take it, and then I just went crazy. I had all this energy because it's running gave me the discipline. It gave me the focus, oh, the function. I didn't have any of that. And I'd spent four years of doing, like, doubles and all this stuff. And so that's – I just went off the rail. Um, got involved in drugs and alcohol and boys. And so uh, that was, like, you know. And then and then I started training again. So I don't know. And, every, like, my life with running has gone through phases um, as well. But – but it, for you, it's more it's more about you being in tune with yourself. Right. Yeah. And honing in on that. Yeah. And that's what that helps you do. It does. It really does. That's and, really and cool. And it's free. Anyone can do it. Right. Like, you don't, you know, you don't need to go to bar class or spin cycle and get fancy shoes. You Well, you do need running shoes and a sports bra, but... Yeah. Um, theoretically, you don't. But, you know, it's just something that sports anyone can do. The, the shoes? Both. Even though there's some, <laughs> like... <laughs> Hell no. I ain't running without a sports bra. No, there is no theory about that. Yeah. It's a fact. I, it's true. It's true. It's true. I, 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 I if I didn't have a sports I, bra. I double these babies down with two. Yeah. Do you? Sometimes. Really? Golly. Yeah. I probably should. I, I well, should. yeah. If I looked at myself in the mirror and saw myself run. I hate saw, when I do that sometimes. They'd probably even, be like, yeah. you need to wear two. Super, they're like, one's up, one's down. <laughs> There's it's no common scary. ground. Have you ever babies. watched yourself run? I, I have, hate, I unfortunately. Hate seeing, I hate seeing those marathon photos that they take. Why do they take those they photos? It's the worst. It is. It's like the they always worst. get it when my skin is like sagging off my bone down to my feet. I'm like, that is so unflattering. Yeah, Ugh. why do they like do the ripples that? in the skin? I don't know. It's rude. We should talk to them about it. It's like. Dude, like yeah. I work way too hard to have yeah. a picture. Just don't. I know. Just don't. I know. I know. And don't. I'm like, I don't have a pretty run. Like I like, and and when I'm like, when I'm done running, I mean, I'm super red faced. Like I mean, it's very. It's like I'm so like. It's an internal. That's process. why when we're running, we just give each other high fives. Yeah. Ain't, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. Like, I gotta. Yeah. We're not looking at each other. Nope. nope. We're thinking. Yep. We're listening to tunes. Yeah. Got yep. you know. We're yeah. on a, we're on a track. Yeah. We're on a track. Yeah. Have, um, it reminds me of um, on Friends, you know, how um, I think it was like Rachel, Jennifer Aniston, she was watching Phoebe run or something like that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember That's that? That's on a GIF on the, on the iPhone, the GIF. <laughs> <laughs> I've used that one before. Like, I don't think, 
anyone could run that bad. I mean, yeah. maybe she, obviously it was, she wasn't acting, but the, oh man. But I will so say this about running though. And like people's forms and body sizes, you would be amazed. Like going to races, people of all different oh, size yeah. and shapes run and book it. You know, yeah. they're doing the, they're doing the deal. And like everybody's running form is so unique to them. And it's, that's why I just love runners so much. It's like, you just go out there and there's a, just a camaraderie. Everyone oh, just tunes into their their earphones, but it's like you know who's around you running, and after you run with them for a couple miles, you know, I mean, you just build this sense of uh, rapport or just this resonance with these people, um, and 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 it's a sense of community, and that's what Reason to Run is offering that opportunity for them. And if we can get them in prison to get hooked to running, that their life can change when they get out. Yeah, you know what I mean. They'll be way less likely, I believe. To, to reoffend, you know, once yeah. they, it's because that's not on their mind. What's on their mind is training for that 10 mile run. What's on their mind, you know, and that's, it'd be so much easier not to use drugs and alcohol, you know, where you're running because it just does impede your running when you're on drugs or drinking. You don't do it. If you're doing drugs and you're drinking heavily, you're not going to be a runner. So, um, for the most part, but so then it's like, I don't know, it just, it can build up a sense of self-esteem. stability, self-esteem that comes from within and only you can do. You can't get someone else to do a five-mile loop for you. You know what I mean? And it's like I tell you every time I run, there's not there's not been one run that I've regretted doing. Yeah, like, I was just going to say that. Never not Have once. Have you ever heard someone run a 5K and say, I hated I hated running that 5K and, and finishing it? No. I don't think I've ever heard no. anyone say that. Everyone was like, whoo. Or they'll be like, how was that second mile for you? It's like, oh, it was hard for me. Like, yeah. And another thing, Brian and I are training together and we're running together now. And it's great because like today we went for a run and it was hard. You know, just my legs were heavy. It was hot. And then he goes, how was it for you? And I was like, it was bad. And then he went and ran. I was like, how was it for you? He goes, it was bad. You know, I mean, it was just like, you, you share that. And you share the struggle. And it is hard to run. You know what I mean? And when you're done with it, it's like, I did that, you know. And you want more of that. I mean, talk about a great addiction to have. You know what I mean? Yeah, positive. 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 Yeah. And yeah. so many uses for it and all that. Yeah. So the website, I can just attach it to this sure. podcast somehow? Like it's what? www.reasontorun.com. Okay, mm-hmm. so we can yeah. infiltrate that. Yeah. Maybe someone will be inspired to yeah. do that. Yeah, but, yeah. And it's going to be every year now locally here? Yeah, it'll be every year, 5K locally. I'm not sure the location in June, um, but it'll be it'll be locally first um, Saturday in June. Cool. Yeah. Well, Keegan, you are just a little light, and you are so sweet, and I just love that we got to hang out and talk. Me too. This is um, good. Catch up, more or less. Yeah. I love it. You should have me over all the time. Yeah. Let's just do this. Let's do this all the time. (laughs) All right. Thanks for coming. Bye. You've been listening to This Topical Life with Tiffany Murphy. Available through Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play. Look for us on Instagram and Facebook. Donations to help support this topical life can be made through Patreon at patreon.com front slash this topical life. Likes and comments are always appreciated. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time for more real conversation, real exploration, real life stories on this topical life because life ain't a vacation.